Welcome to the Surge Strength Podcast, powered by Ritter Sports Performance. This podcast is dedicated to helping swim coaches and swimmers learn how to properly implement dry land and strength training programs that result in moving better, reducing injuries, and swimming faster. Let's join your host, Chris Ritter. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Surge Strength Podcast. Hope you're doing well couple of exciting announcements. If you're not on our newsletter, you probably don't know about this, so you need to be subscribed so you're the first one to know. But if you're not, here's what's going on in the next few weeks. Really excited about all that we have in store. First, we are hosting a free webinar on April 25th about the process of dryland training. And the reason for the title is, With a process, you need something that you can repeat and you understand why you're getting the result that you are. So I'm going to go through how that relates to dry land and show you specifically in the webinar how you can write an effective dry land workout in less than 10 minutes time using the principles that we teach in the Surge Strength Dry Land Certification Curriculum. So if you want to register for free, go to theprocessofdryland.training, not .com, theprocessofdryland.training, register, and then we hope to see you in the webinar. The other exciting thing is we have officially announced when doors are going to open again for you to become Surge Strength Dryland certified. Put those SSDC credentials behind your name. Open enrollment is going to start Monday. April 26th. So go ahead and check out the certification page on our website. Just go to surgestrength.com and then you can click the link there or go straight to it at surgestrength.com slash certification. And both the links for the certification page as well as the link to register for that free webinar are in the show notes as well. Told you uh, episode ago, I believe it was, we're not going to be doing the Inside Academy for a few weeks now in the lead up to our open enrollment to become SSDC. But we, what we are doing is focusing in on the Dryland Talk segment where we're interviewing coaches that have gone through or are currently going through to earn their SSDC credentials. And we're going to hear the second part of the conversation that I had with Ann Burke, a coach out in Texas, and she works primarily with age groupers. And in the first part, we heard in general about dryland, and especially the last crazy year with COVID. And in this part, we're going to specifically dive more into how she was helped by going through and becoming SSDC. And I love the quote that she had from the interview that you're going to hear, or the part of the interview you're going to hear coming up about how she said, all the pieces of the Surge Strength Dryland certification curriculum have really helped me to set things up and plan from day to day without spending a ton of time trying to figure out how to put all the pieces together. I seriously appreciate it. And so that was kind of the genesis too, when we think about what's a topic around a webinar we can host. And I understand you have a lot on your plate as a coach or if you're coaching yourself as a as a swimmer, there's lots of things to do and dryland should not take a lot of your time, but you do need to make sure that you have a quality dryland program because you're going to be severely lacking in your improvement or overall results if you're not addressing it. So it's a great conversation with Anne that we're going to finish up here. And I just appreciate her perspective and getting her swimmer, specifically those younger age groupers, ready to shine at the senior level because of the stuff that she is doing with them in dryland. So let's jump on in with Anne. 
Dryland Talk. You, you mentioned that you were actually looking into a personal training certificate as well. It sounds like before you kind of discovered SSDC. So it sounds like the passion for Dryland was trying to grow or like you're trying to figure out how do I put these pieces together? So when, when you see some of the free webinars we were doing when the first shutdown was happening, it sounds like that's when you were kind of sucked in a little bit. What was really connecting with you and drawing your attention to what we were presenting? Um, well, at the time I was, let's see, I was pretty much through the personal training certification. Mm-hmm. And as I was going through that part of, I guess, my knowledge growth here, um, I was learning a lot of things like, oh, well, that's why I kept getting hurt. <laughs> you know? I was totally doing that out of context. It wasn't just by uh, random chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I should stop getting the workouts off Pinterest. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I was getting this broad understanding of how, uh, I guess, all the systems work and, and a mm. much more um, broad I guess a broad knowledge that I needed to have. And honestly, yeah. I feel like every swimming coach should have any mm. person who works in, I'll, I can expand that beyond just swimming coaching, but if you're going to be working in right. some sort of sports training, mm-hmm. you should have that broad knowledge. And um, it's something I've always wanted to have just pandemic gave me the time to pursue it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, then I wanted something that I felt like, could was geared towards swimming and in one of those webinars that i was uh, that i saw with you uh you mentioned the idea of prioritizing swimming over dry land like the priorities yep and mm-hmm. and i was like that's it that's what i need to learn how to do because swimming is the priority here right i need to figure out how to make dry land work for the swimming that's what mm-hmm. I need to learn as opposed to, and, and, and as a, with the, what I learned on the personal training side of things, wasn't quite that I could definitely mm-hmm. have figured it out if I had, but you'd already laid out the map for me. I didn't need to figure it out. That's and, a huge um, point. And that I don't think any swim coach is going to disagree with that. What we just said of like swimming is the priority, right? Like they're coming to us to get faster in the water. But I think the issue is coaches don't know, well, what does that mean? that I should do for my dry land to make sure I keep swimming the priority. Cause if you don't know what you're doing, unfortunately the default that dry land turns into is almost taking away from swimming. If you're not conscious of how you're setting up the session. Yeah. And quite honestly, as we started to, to implement some of the, the things from the surge strength across the program our um, I guess our high school kids, especially the ones who are like juniors and seniors now yeah. who have come to think of anything they do has to be, if it's, if it's not hard and you're not like dying, you're not actually working, which is <laughs> a very swimmer thing. I've what? had to, I personally have had to undo that for half of my life, not as a swimmer to like, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, you just did a workout. That's really good. You don't have to do it for three hours. You're, you're past that phase, phase of your life now. Um, so they, they struggled more with the simplicity mm. of the workouts um, that or of what we were doing. But at the same time, they discovered 
oh, wait a second, my core isn't as strong as I thought it was. Mm, now I have mm-hmm. a lot of weaknesses, a lot of comp- movement compensations. And um, so they, the ones who had kind of adopted that go hard all the time really, really struggled at the beginning of, of the of what we were the new implementation now the younger kids of course they didn't know anything else and they think dry land's the best thing ever um just because they are doing they love to move and it's been fun to watch kids loving to move yeah um, can you contrast yeah no i love that you're you're helping them foster like that they enjoy dry land because i think that's an awful thing when swimmers loathe dry land and think, oh man, you know, I got to do this when it can unlock potential for them in the water, like we've been talking about. But I want to go back to compare a little bit more th- the knowledge in the personal training certification versus going through the surge strength dry land certification. And it, it sounds like you were still left a little bit wanting of like swimming specific stuff. So mm-hmm. it sounds like you got a little bit of good, like base knowledge. Like you said, a lot yeah. of coaches, no matter what sport, they kind of need to know how the body works and we tried to infuse as much of that into the certification as, as we could, but what were some swimming specific things or really like light bulb moments as you're working your way through the curriculum for the SSDC that really helped you? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> let's see. I'm going to have to pick a few. Um, the, uh, probably the first, first one was really the idea of maintaining the brace in movement. Mm. And even now, I mean, in my, I swim two days a week, we're limited to 40 minutes. Yeah. I think about that the whole time I'm swimming, you know, and, and it's certainly, it's something I've, I've taught the kids is like, okay. Um, when I see technique break down in the water, now I'm thinking in terms of, okay, where's the core breakdown? What, mm-hmm. what's happening in that, say that, that brace, where, where are they losing it? And 90% of the time, it really is that. And once, once I re redirect the swimmer, they're right back on, on target. So, um, understanding the, the power of, um, maintaining the brace. I don't want to constantly say core strength, but this maintaining that while they're moving Mm -hmm. is huge. And also our, our team has been um, uh, on the non-tech suit side for the 12 and unders all yeah. along. So our very often our kids will go to champ meets and they're the only ones not in tech suits as 12 and unders. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> you're lying about, hey, this is your free tech suit. So whenever whenever they're like huffing and puffing through some core, <laughs> core work, I'm like, just imagine you're getting that nice free tech suit. <laughs> you're getting awesome. your imaginary tech suit. <laughs> so it sparks a few chuckles anyway. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I love it. I, I like, um, and you, you filled out the form uh, before and you have this line about, you know, what's working with drowning it. And you put, you know, at first a few of the kids could hold a bridge and push up. Squats were up to interpretation and hinges didn't exist. I feel like that describes perfectly almost every age group program, especially 12 and under. Can you speak a little bit more to that and how you're changing it? Oh, well, well, number one was just, okay. And in, in this time that we have and in, in, the, in the way that we have to do dry land, because mm-hmm. we can't run around and we can't interact. Let's learn how to do those basic movements correctly. And I, I just became like the technique police and I, I tell them technique out here is more important than it is in dry mm-hmm. land. 
something I picked up from you. Um, because you can really hurt yourself out here if you're not doing things correctly. Um, so the technique, especially, I would say it looks pretty good. I mean, I, even even some of our kids who are a little more challenged in, in their movement and their mobility mm-hmm. have really made some big strides. And uh, I would look at, I'll say just push-ups in general, push-ups, boy, or ugly <laughs> at the beginning. But now I've got some uh, kids who couldn't do one. They just, you know, they look like doing, they were doing the worm or something. Mm-hmm. And now they're solid and they're proud of it. The pride, we, yeah. we can't do pull-ups at this point because we just don't have the, the means to do it. But when we do, I'm telling you, we're going to add, we're going to add that in too. Um, uh, Cause I think they'll, they'll, love that. Oh yeah. <laughs> they love That's going to make you feel really proud as a coach and almost more excited about coaching in general, seeing, you know, from the, the worm uh, of pushups to now like, Hey, everybody's like looking pretty good here. Yeah. Yeah. They, they really do. And, um, and it's team wide because of the nature of how we've been doing things and we've really been able to, cause some days, uh, I think I put in my thing. I had one swimmer look at another and like, some days we don't even swim. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. uh, some days we've had to rely completely on dry land. And that could be uh, at the drop of a hat that could have not been a pre-planned thing. And so across the board, we've been able to teach at least the basics. It's kind of where we are right now. We can't necessarily go beyond where we are at this point, but the uh the groundwork is definitely in place and we will have a program <laughs> top to bottom <laughs> when it's well, when we can it sounds and even even just focusing on the basics right like taking the little bites you're already seeing progress and i think that's what sometimes coaches aren't understanding is that you don't have to need you don't need 5 years of a big overhaul to see results in dryland you guys were seeing it sporadically you know interruptions of practices changing of time sessions all that and you're still just figuring out hey can we hinge can we squat can we push can we pull and then you're seeing the results and the other coaches are as well in the pool yeah another um highlight i guess that i wanted to point out too that i i really got from the curriculum was what that connection you made between the hinge and kicking. Mm-hmm. And I, it really helped me to look at kids who struggle with kicking and be able to say, okay, hey, let's go do a couple of hinges. Now get back in the pool. Just, just <laughs> the way you said. It. And it's helping. I actually, we did a little kick test set last night. And I, one of the kids who um, struggles with kick, I couldn't, for one, I couldn't believe that he remembered his times from the last time we had done the set. And he mm-hmm. was so excited because he was faster in every single one of the things or of the, we were doing 75s, every single 75. And um, the last time he had done the first two, okay, but just, just added time, added time, added time. Mm. Last night he was consistent all six that we That's did. Awesome. And was so excited because they were all faster than his fastest one the last the last time. But he he's starting to understand uh, or get better at kicking just because we've been working specifically on those things. That's awesome. I love how you're priming it 
with dry land on movements and even like, hey, let's take you out. Just do a few hinges. Just feel that a little bit. Now take that, remember it, hop in the water and incorporate that into your kicking. That's brilliant. Yeah. Well, well thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I don't know. I guess a lot of I, I, I'm sure you've heard this from other coaches, too. I think this whole l- last year has really kind of made us really relook at how we train our swimmers Mm. and in the past I would have completely freaked out about oh my gosh we're in the middle of a set you're gonna miss a 50 ah no I was like well you missed six months you're doing okay I think you can miss a 50 (laughs) (laughs) because of the connection that you're gonna hopefully make is going to positively impact the rest of that set is that what you're getting at Yeah. yeah absolutely but it's just my mindset has so shifted on okay being out of the water for a tiny bit of time. And I don't necessarily mean we're going to do that every single practice and I'm going to pull you out and make you miss half the set because I'm talking to you. But Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm more willing to make, make those kinds of decisions than I used to, used to be. And especially now I'm armed with a lot more knowledge. So. Mm, That's Um, awesome. It sounds like too, with the schedule still being in flux that, the skills and the framework that we laid out of how to set up a dryland session has got to probably come in handy if all of a sudden, oh, we, we have dryland or, oh, no, we don't. We need to shift it. Talk a little bit about the tools you were given to be able to write the dryland workouts and, and keep the big picture, too. Oh, wow. Yes. Um, the the t- basic kind of templates for, okay, if you've got a 30-minute session, Mm-hmm. how you lay that out or the 45 minute session, or if it's a before swimming or an after swimming session. Now we haven't necessarily done enough swimming. Um, well, we're getting to a point where we're starting to do enough swimming where if, if it's before or after it really makes that much of a difference. Right. Um, so as far as prioritizing what we're going to do in the water versus what we're going to do in dry land. Mm-hmm. Um, but having all of those templates basically has made it so much easier to be able to go on the fly. Like, okay, what's today going to look like? Okay. Well, we've got before I've got 30 minutes with this number of kids in this space. This is what I know I can do. And also your um, suggestions for each age group, since we Mm. generally divide by age groups. uh, Right. and, And so knowing and of course, I, I know 10 and unders pretty well because I've worked with them for so long. I know that we are not going to be doing some kind of circuit and they're going to get a whole lot out of it <laughs> right. before that we're off hopping on one leg and playing games mm-hmm. because that's what they do. But um, just kind of knowing how, how to set it up to engage the audience that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I've spent so many years in the classroom. And that's something I became a master of too. <laughs> but um, the... Another piece of the the program that I really like is what they should be able to do by the time that they're, you know, Mm. like 10 turning 11. Okay. We're going to have that pretty good command of movement and just having fun. Right. Mm -hmm. And then what they should be able to do when they're transitioning to high school. And that's really kind of where I'm aiming now with my eighth graders. Like, okay. Um, cause we're still kind of working out the whole high school club thing over here. Right. <laughs> and, uh, but whether or not your primary dry land is going to be in high school with your high school coaches, or if it's going to be with us or how we're going to make that work, 
here's what I want to make sure you're able to do by the time you get there. So you're mm. either not hurting yourself in the weight room or um, you're ready to go to the next step with, with what we're doing here. But all of those pieces of the um, of curriculum has just made it, helped me to navigate <laughs> from day to day, really, mm-hmm. how to set things up without spending a ton of time um, trying to figure out how to put all the pieces together. So that's I, awesome to hear. And especially I was, I was really it. trying to think of coaches like yourself that are focusing on the 10 and 12 and unders, because I think that's where it's really easy to get lost and drown. If, if all you're thinking of long-term is what they're doing at 18, that seems so far off. That's really yeah. hard to, to think down. Okay. What are we doing this week, this season, or for a few seasons. So I, I really tried to have some halfway marks, if you will. And it sounds like that's really helped you to kind of see, okay, by the time they're 10, 12, we should be here. And if so, then they're going to be on track to hit the goals that we have laid out for them being 18 and going off to swim in college. Hopefully. Right, right. And that's uh, ultimately what we, what we hope to do as a program is to have kids graduate from what we do into mm-hmm. college level program. Um, and all along just because we don't have a facility of our own and we have had a very fluid kind of schedule uh, all along. We've never had weights have never been something that have been possible really. Um, Mm -hmm. Because we just don't have the facility for that. So we've always done a dry land program with uh, the high school age kids that was basically more uh, core strength and, um, a lot of squats. <laughs> We're going to fix that. Yeah. Um, but it, ultimately they're pretty fit. Um, but they go and the kids who have gone on to college have been fairly well prepared to do what they have to do in the weight room and have made games because they've never really done much yeah. um, that way. Actually, Did, did the dryland games help too, especially focusing <gasps> on the 10 and 12 year olds? Talk about that a little bit. Oh man, they love some si- uh, silent Simon Says. Oh, we- <laughs> that that was good. <laughs> yes, yes. They 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 may like to make each other huff and puff, boy. <laughs> so, uh, yes. So we've been able to incorporate those the red light, green light. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes we do it with just running in place or jumping jacks, uh, whatever the the movement calls or speed squats. Those are kind of fun. Yeah. Um, but the Kids have really enjoyed the games um, just because it, even though we still have to be so distant and that there isn't as much kind of, I'll say, teamwork that we could have done in the past, let's say, they, they are enjoying that because they're all doing it together. And, mm. and it's, and they like the, uh, they just like the, the chance of it all, you know, like who's going to, who's going to make me jump high this time. Um, and, and also there's just a lot of, they're just loving the movement. So That's uh, awesome. the games are great. That's awesome. Probably building some team camaraderie of just like, Hey, let, let's be competitive outside of the pool a little bit, even if we do have to be socially distanced. And a lot of those games off the top of my head, you, you could do, especially the Simon Says ones, like that doesn't necessarily yeah. need the context. So it's really actually a social distance friendly game. Yeah. And also because we've had to, um, our, our space, it's just, we've, we have to come up with dry land and odd spaces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's perfect. It's perfect for, uh, having, uh, 
not not the best amount of space and and having to st- keep the kids at that safe safe distance apart and all that kind of stuff so that's awesome. But, and this has been a great conversation and I'm honored that what we put together with the SSDC helped someone like yourself and your club in this past year. What would you say to coaches that haven't become SSDC yet and why they should? Oh, wow. Well, um, if you haven't become SSDC yet, then you should do this for sure because it is swimming specific. Um and it gives you a, an entire program that you can learn today. This is just exactly what I did. I learned it today and I implemented it today <laughs> one, one piece at a time. So the, the entire program uh, really took me through the whole process that I had to go through. Um, I didn't have to get to the end to figure it all out. You can learn something today, take it to practice with you. And it just, I really love the logical flow of the, of the whole curriculum. So that's awesome. As we wrap up here, can you share with us a success story that dry land helped a swimmer achieve in the water, out of the water? Like, cause that's, again, that's why we do this, right? Like we want to have the dry land support the swimming. So the swimmers can be successful, see that, you know, their hard work is paying off with achieving goals. Do you have a story to share with us before we go? Sure. Um, we haven't had very many opportunities to compete this year, as I know a lot of people have been in that that boat. And so back in December, we had an opportunity to do a little bit of a prelims finals meet, and I wasn't sure what to expect mm. at all. Uh, the kids t- totally didn't know what to expect of themselves because our training had been so sporadic. And actually leading into that meet, like the six weeks prior to it, uh, we were out of the water a, a couple of those weeks, couldn't train at all. Um, and then we had maybe a couple, a week or two of 45 minute to an hour practice time with dry land um, in there as part, as part of the, I guess, to supplement what we couldn't do in the water. But when we got to that meet, these kids kept popping off best time after best time after best time. And we're talking about 13-year-olds, 14-year-olds. So for the girls, that's when we're starting to slow down on that. I dropped 10 seconds because I grew a little bit. Um, And so another swimmer, she was on another team, um, but had swum for us before was talking to one of our, our girls and she, she was like, wow, I'm doing doubles and I'm getting all this time in the water. And my girl was like, well, you know, sometimes we don't even swim at all. <laughs> she goes, we just do a lot of dry land. And, um, and it was just, to me, that, that moment was like, you know what? I, I'm seeing it in the pool, but for the kid to acknowledge that dry land is the reason why I am able to be even where, where I am right now at this meet. It's not just because, you know, I, I swam hard. We've done our whole usual, like back, well, I call it BC before COVID, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> our, our BC training where we were hitting our six workouts a week or 10 workouts or whatever it was. And we're doing all the dry land on top of it. You know, like, I have been in and out of the water for the last six weeks and I've been, when I'm not in the water, I'm doing dry land. So that dry land kept me strong. 
and it kept me um, fit enough to be able to come here and race at my best ever. Mm-hmm. And I, I just thought that was so powerful. And I, I've been chuckling about it ever since, honestly. <laughs> like that. I love it. That's an There's awesome a, story, Anne. Yeah. That's an that awesome cool. story. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast, talking dry land, sharing stories. Hopefully we inspire some other coaches, especially if they're in similar circumstances like you figuring out, all right, well, what's today going to look like? What's this practice schedule? And it's got to be reassuring knowing that even if we have to do dryland on Zoom or, or the kids doing it on their own, that you're teaching them the skills and then they're seeing the results even through this crazy season of a year that we've had. Yeah, well, it's, it's been a pleasure. And thank you so much for uh, taking on the task of creating this certification. It's so valuable. Awesome. Thanks, Anne. Open enrollment to become Surge Strength Dryland Certified is coming soon. Learn more about becoming SSDC at surgestrength.com slash certification. Open enrollment will be for a limited time only. So join the SSDC waitlist and don't miss this chance to gain more knowledge about Dryland. When you become SSDC, you'll be able to save yourself time and frustration while getting better results with your Dryland training. Get ready for open enrollment to become SSDC today.